To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chase Ascendancy. Order 66. <clears throat> Episode 66. Chico, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. Great uh, book, I assume. I haven't read it. It's uh, Stephen King. It's a short story, actually. Yeah, it's, it's in books. But it's a Stephen King short story, so it may yeah. be a full-on novel. Yeah, probably a novella. Mm. A man of culture. Mm. Can you pass me my mustache wax <laughs> in that novella? <laughs> All right, it's so- right next to the monocle wipe. You've not just got a monocle. You've got, monocle like, you got monocle accessories. That's how above you are. Can you pass me the monocle for my monocle? <laughs> Don't mind if I don't. You're just like burning your eye. <laughs> With the double It's like a, basically a telescope yeah, I was about to your say, mind. You, you, you freaking just invented a telescope. Noise. Yeah, that's uh, anyway, me and Thomas Edison. Let's get down to Christopher Columbus just finding America by mistake. <laughs> Um, so we are in episode 66 and mm-hmm. I would like to give a huge shout out to my friends here, my co-hosts, my cohorts, <laughs> um, because Adam and Samuel both, uh, we were getting ready to shoot the show and I was like, episode 66. Okay. And I was like, guys, what are we doing? So we almost recorded a whole episode and did mission order 66 at all. I mean, it was going to come up. Yes. Know? But it would have been a sin. So, um, but there are other things going on as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is, what we what we were going to talk about today is the new Thrawn uh, Chaos Rising novel came out. Uh, Greater Good is the subtitle. Oh, it's Ascendancy. Oh, sorry. Chaos Rising is the other one. Yeah. Anyway. Greater Good. Uh, if you're a Thrawn And that came out on out what, Monday? So. Tuesday? I believe. Oh, yes. Tuesday. Tuesday is books. Wednesday is comics. Yeah. I don't know. That's just the way it is. So, yeah, that came out. We wanted to talk about that. It's the first time that a new book has come out, and we both managed to finish it. We did finish it. Yeah. High but, five. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, there there is... Uh, how do I say this? There is stuff to talk about, but there's not... It's it not, it's it not a path of destructions amount of things to talk about. Yeah, it wasn't life-changing. It, it, it has finally set up the... Um, the finale. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of finally set up what's so important about this particular storyline. Correct. So. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, we got a couple of things to cover. We're going to do a kind of a shorter review of um, Ascendancy Book 2, Greater Good. And then we'll move on to some um, Order 66 chatter. Yeah. Eh? Uh, uh, also, real quick, a uh, short announcement on Tuesday. Oh, yes. The, the Bad Batch. Woo! 
the BB. Yeah, really, up until this point, the only Bad Batch I'd had experience with was when people would put walnuts in cookies. That's a Bad Batch. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Until these guys took the cake on that one. How do you feel about uh, oatmeal raisin? I don't mind it because it's what it's meant to be. But nobody says, hey, I'm going to make some chocolate chip and walnut cookies. Yeah. You know what? Oatmeal I, raisin's very upfront with what's 75. inside it. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? You know what? Putting uh, walnuts in chocolate chip is just cruel. We've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this. Also Adam. in brownies. If you put walnuts in brownies, we're not friends. What are you even doing? What are you even doing? They're called brownies, not brownies and walnuts. <laughs> They're not called brownie walnuties. <laughs> those are nutties so um but something that we personally don't like people putting stuff in is our business no i'm just kidding uh (laughs) uh, no but the thing that i don't like people putting stuff in i know you feel this way i want to get adam's opinion macaroni and cheese Mm. I don't. I don't care for stu- people putting stuff in macaroni and cheese. Now, if Except you're going for if you to, go to Just Mac, yes. So they if are you're the in Houston, H Town, hold it down. Uh, man, I hope Derek Lewis gets the <laughs> title shot and beats Francis Ngannou. Uh, but uh, so in Houston, I don't know if it's. It seems like it's kind of like a local chain. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's anywhere else. <clears throat> but there's a place called Just Mac, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of different kinds of macaroni and cheese. And that's different because you can go, oh, buffalo chicken macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Oh, also grilled very cheese sandwich with, with bacon it. macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It's in the description. That's one thing they could work on in their marketing is having a clever name, not the whole sandwich <laughs> in the name of the, uh, of the... Butter toast sandwich sandwich? Yeah. Would you like a butter toast sandwich macaroni and cheese sandwich macaroni? Um, but yeah, so... Bad Batch. <laughs> um, coming out this uh, this Real Tuesday. Quick, I must interject. If you put peas in macaroni and cheese, we're also not friends. Yeah, what is this? Macaroni and peas, cheese? Freaking get out of here with that crap. Um, what are things that you do like in macaroni? If you were to, if someone was to put this in and you, it was not told to you. <laughs> bacon? Cheese. Oh, there you go. Cheese, yeah. yes. Uh, what is it that you would be like, okay, that's... I, that gets yeah. a pass. Bacon is fine. Um, really, that's what I go for every time. I go for the you know bacon, what I, mac, and cheese. I don't mind as long they as they put the breadcrumbs not... in there. Sometimes that's pretty good. I'm not really a breadcrumbs kind of guy myself. It just has I think it's nice. Yeah. Do you like breadcrumbs on your apple pie? No. That's what a Dutch apple pie is. No, that's stupid. Uh, American apple pie. Thank you. That's <laughs> American I... as apple pie and baseball. No breadcrumbs. Hey, can I get the apple pie that won back-to-back world wars? <laughs> can I get that Hiroshima special with the? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'll take a uh, oh, no. Normandy Beach apple pie, please. No Nazis. Um, so Bad Batch is coming out on Tuesday. My only fear is, is it coming out on Tuesdays forever? You would think if it was Normandy Beach, it would be a cherry pie. Because there's so much blood. Nice. <laughs> I was like, does Normandy make cherries? <laughs> it's uh, just a funny. much gorier looking pie. Yeah. If it was a... If it was Normandy Beach, it would be part of a great pie war. VeggieTales. <laughs> you remember in VeggieTales? Yes, where, I remember. Uh, David and Bathsheba was Larry the Cucumber obsessed with rubber ducks. And it was like... You gotta make it friendly for children. Yeah. 
at least the guy didn't die in that one. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> that's how I know there's hope for all of humanity. Also, real quick, uh, if you have an opinion on the Bad Batch helmets, as far as which one's your favorite, Ooh. feel free to comment those. I, we're taking a little survey. Yeah. Comment those. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment. If you are on um, Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Instagram. That's where we're the most active, I would mm-hmm. say, as far as commenting and replying. Um, and yeah, we'll put up the uh, we'll put up a picture of this in the little description. E. So I'll do the title, the usual title thing for tomorrow, or what's t- tomorrow for Monday, and then I'll put this one and then put it in the comments very good so top left you have hunter um kind of it's basically like samuel samuel pointed out before the show it's kind of like a, a mirror image of his face which mm-hmm. is pretty neat um echo is this is the newest helmet i don't think we saw this helmet beforehand Mm-mm. no it's definitely changed i think to keep up with his personality right well i think he was because obviously he had his arc trooper helmet mm-hmm. but then after he was saved in season seven i don't changed. think he, he had a helmet to, uh, when he left, you know? Right. Um, and so his is really cool. His kind of has a Republic Commando vibe to me. What mm. do you think? Uh, if I... I like the Mandalorian style I th- thin I think visor. Crosshairs looks the most Commando-ish to me. Yeah, I can see that. I like Crosshairs, though. I don't like Crosshair, so... <laughs> it is personal. I want to figure out how Echo plans to fit his head into that. I wonder if it just yeah, slides on the front. Ears. Just like it clips into the back of his head. Oh. That'd be cool, right? That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, his his lobot ears are definitely sticking out farther than the width of that helmet. Or if it has kind of like a, maybe a... Shrunk. Yeah, and his ear parts stick out. Um, My favorite... Oh, man. I really like Tex. I'm not a fan of Tex, actually. No? Mm-mm. I really like Tex because I like the... I specifically don't like that. I like the goggles. Why does he have glasses on if he has a heads-up display? That's why I have beef. Records <laughs> uh, is cool dollars. too. It don't make sense. I like <laughs> that's funny. I like Records uh, a lot actually. Records is very cool, uh, but yeah, my favorite is definitely Echo. Echoes is very cool. It's very cool. Man, what does it look like to me? You know what it kind of looks like? It kind of looks like a helmet. If you didn't know it was a clone trooper, uh, Echoes kind of looks like something that a skin on Force Unleashed would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks There's like the sharp si- the angles Sith stalk- and stuff. Si- Sith Stalker helmet. Oh, Same kind of visor. Don't even get me started. Um, okay, so leading up to Bad Batch, we think that there's... I mean, it says there's supposed to be 14 episodes. We don't know how many that is. Yeah, I don't know if that season, it'll be like two or seasons, Or if it's like maybe. seven and seven. Yeah. I it's, hope it's I, one. I have trouble I imagining they're going to be releasing stuff for 14 weeks straight, and it seems very much like Disney to do two seasons. Give it to me. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I wonder if IMDb knows yet. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> Adam, who is, who is your favorite member of the Bad Batch, would you say? You watched season seven of The Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. So who's your favorite? I'm a sniper fan. Oh, God dang it. I'm surrounded by Crosshair fans. Sorry. <laughs> I just don't like how Crosshair is kind of a, a butthole. So it looks like on IMDb, oh, really? it says episode 1.14 is the furthest it goes. It doesn't break it up into seasons. So, so that, one season, that doesn't really confirm episodes. anything. But yeah. as far as I know, they don't know yet. Yeah. Super dope. Um, but yeah, so Bad Batch comes out Tuesday. I wonder if it's going to be. Um, 
Tuesday this week, and then it'll be a week and a half Friday the following week. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hope but it stays on Tuesdays. That would be cool. I really give my Tuesdays a boost. Or what if they did? I would like it if it was Tuesday and then Friday of next week, and then it could be every that Friday. Is what, that's what they did. Uh, when Mandalorian first came out, right? They did a Tuesday and then Friday in the same week. We had two episodes. I don't remember. Season one? I think so. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I think that... That would be nice. It's going to be pretty neat. I'm very interested to figure out how Finnick Shan fits into it, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on. There's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, order. I would like to see if we can find out, because uh, obviously in the trailers... Have you watched the trailers for Bad Batch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we know that Rex is there. Yes. I want to know. Um, <clears throat> More importantly, we know Grand Moff Tarkin is there. It'll be before his Moff days, but. Uh, maybe not. He's not. Well, I guess that's yeah, true. He's, he's not a Grand Moff. Is Tarkin until, Legends? Into... No. What? No. It's, the it's novel? canon. No, that's canon. It was like one of the first. It's one of the very first canon ones. And I I like that James Lucino wrote it because he took the time to canonize some things from Plagueis that got thrown out. That's right. That's right. Like 114D. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. He canonized Plagueis' droid. Um, So I'm interested to see if Wolf shows up or Gregor. Uh, Palpatine keeps uh, Plagueis' droid around from the novel Plagueis. Sorry? I was going to say, I wonder if Wolf or Gregor Gregor will show up Uh, if Rex is there or if that's a later sort of thing. Um, That's a good question. Oh, here's another newsy thing that I just remembered. Matt, I want to say his name is Matt Lanter. Um, he's the voice of Anakin for the Lanter. Clone Wars. I barely know her. And <laughs> he said we've not heard the last of Anakin Skywalker, meaning him as Anakin oh, Skywalker. Good, 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 So people are thinking that means um, people are thinking that means. Him as Anakin, but I wonder if it's him as Vader in Bad Batch. Um, you can always throw a Vader effect on his well, voice. Well, uh, part of this is going to be that I think Ma- uh, Tarkin's going to be stepping up a little bit mm-hmm. because he's going to have to fill in the power vacuum that the Jedi kind of leave behind military-wise. Right. Um, so this should be after 66. Right. Right. This is definitely after 66. I'm saying like the bulk of it. Yeah. Um. I don't see why Anakin... I think it's going to be Anakin as Vader, especially because Clone right. Wars no, left off. No, but I'm saying, I wonder if it's him as as Vader, yeah. just him talking and they put a, you know, a vocoder on it. I, What I'm saying is, I wonder if they have other animation planned yeah, that he know. might be Anakin in. Maybe. How much more can you do? Yeah. You know? Like I said earlier, I would love to see the Jedi Temple get stormed in animation. I'd love mm. that. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. I'd also like to see more of Yoda and Obi Wan like infiltrating cords on. Super sick if uh, the very opening bit of the first episode, because the first episode of Bad Batch is supposed to be like seventy minutes. Yeah, it's supposed to be some some sixty six action in there. Yeah, I think so. Um, It would be cool if yeah we kind of started off with sixty six. Okay, so um, that kind of brings us to the next segment, which is a review of... Um, or actually, I'm sorry. I totally forgot about this. Uh, so oh, this yeah. is coming out May 3rd, um, which is a Monday. But Day before May the 4th? Correct. Uh, but we did not want to pass up uh, that 
Saturday, May the 1st, was the 30th birthday of Heir to the Empire. Um, Happy arguably birthday. the greatest yeah. Star Wars Hour, novel 10 of minutes. all time. Yeah, First 70 minutes for Bad Batch. Wow. 30 years. Um, and so it makes me sad because the 20th anniversary edition <clears throat> was so sick. I don't think we're getting a specific 30th anniversary. Yeah, probably not. Hardcover. Um, you know what's wild is that in our lifetime, it's going to be 50. And then 60. Yeah. I'm just saying it's crazy. Even. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Let's see. Uh, another 70 years from now, it's not ridiculous that I might see the 100th year anniversary oh. of Heir to the Empire. 2091. I mean, I'd be I'd now? be very wizened, but I'd be here for Bro, it. we would be... No, there's no way I'm going to be dead. I'm for sure going to be dead by then. Or Jesus comes back. <laughs> if the Lord tarries. I feel Who's like Terry? I feel like everybody over the age of 60 since Christ ascended has been like, he's coming before I go, I promise. Anyways, I pretty much assume I'm going to die first. I do believe in the second coming of I Jesus would prefer Christ. to be dead by then. Really? Yeah, I don't want to be 95. Oh, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, miserable. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I thought you meant you would rather die than <laughs> be raptured. You know, it depends on how cool it is, I I've guess. I've never been on a plane. <laughs> what the heck? God himself No, appears? I mean, how cool I would die. Oh. Like, if I die in a really cool way. Yeah, that'd be cool. Dude, you know what would be sick if it was kind of like a Groundhog Day, Bill Murray type of thing where you're no, like... No, that would be terrible. No, 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 no. Think. I'm just, let me, let me finish my thought. Where we live Resurrection Day forever? No, 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 no. Just, you don't, you're not hearing my whole thought. What if it's something crazy happens like... um. Okay, let's say you're skydiving, right? Mm -hmm. At 80 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And your chute's, your chute's not opening. And you're like, oh, dadgummit. And then all of a sudden, you just start going back up. <laughs> what if it was on the same day? All right, Lord. Meaning the Father, you're the only one that knows. But uh, if you could come on the day I was going to die anyway, that would be neat. Um, so 30 years of Heir to the Empire. Super amazing. Um, if you are a more casual fan and you don't know much about Heir to the Empire, I am not shy in saying that this is the novel that saved the Star Wars franchise. Um, Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi came out in 1984, and it had been seven years since any Star Wars properties had come out. There weren't really any toys. Uh, the movies were seven years old, and VHS slash DVD slash Disney Plus really wasn't as prevalent back then. I mean, obviously some of them didn't exist. But the concept of just being able to watch Star Wars again was mm -hmm. not around. So because of that, things just, you know, things moved on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a very awesome author by the name of Timothy Zahn uh, came up with arguably the most lovable Star Wars villain of all time. Um, hmm. Who do you think? Goodar Mubat. <laughs> That's funny. But... Uh, <laughs> Thrawn was a character like we had never met before, and um, mm -hmm. I still remember I think, the magic. I think he's of the first time I read Heir to the Empire. Potentially the first villain that you might want to root for that we had in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, because whenever you're like, yeah, nobody really because even against when Jabba the, the Hutt died, nobody was like, oh, yeah, man. or you know, like when Vader was redeemed, especially in the time, nobody been like, heck, you know what I mean? Or yeah. when the Emperor died, nobody was really shedding any tears, but. I think people were secretly rooting for Thrawn a little bit. Definitely, you know I mean? for sure. Um, he was a character that 
Um, you love to see him win because it's always so brilliant. You love to see him win. He's so smart. He's so. It's funny because in universe, he's supposed to be like the farthest thing from charismatic. But as you read about him, you're like, I love this guy. Yeah. Um, I think it's partially obviously because <clears throat> Timothy Zahn's writing him in that sense. Uh, but amazing graphic novels, amazing books, amazing, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, comics, there's been multiple covers over the years. So you have the classic, if you're watching on YouTube, top left is the classic. That's the original, um, cover that came out. And to me, when I first read this book, I was like, who's this crazy wizard in the middle? Who's the Gandalf character? Um, Jeruus Sabaoth. Turns out you hate him. But he's not that big of a deal. And actually, just this little guy nonchalantly folding his arms that looks about seven feet tall, he's the one. He's as tall as Chewie. He's the one that is the character you care about. Actually taller if you consider yeah. the fact that his yeah, yeah, feet yeah. are below the lettering in Chewie's. Right? Yeah. Um, and then here's the comic bottom left. Is that This is the comic cover for part one of the Heir to the Empire. It's a six-part series. Um and this is actually the cover they put on the miniature comic <clears throat> that you receive whenever the Thrawn comic pack came out in the mid-2000s. Uh -huh. Star Wars figures. And then at the 20th anniversary, they released this super dope silver hardback, Heir to the Empire. And then underneath that, the hardcover of the book, uh, when you take the dust cover off, mm -hmm. it's a glossed like black and white version of that picture. It's super, super sick. Um, and then when Disney took over, they re-released the paperback with new artwork. And when you lay the three books next yeah, to another, they make a mural. A triptych. Yes. Very nice. That's what Schling. that's called. Yeah. And then, of course, upcoming is uh, it's the uh, Legends Best Of that Del Rey announced. So it's that one we talked about a couple weeks ago, Heir to the Empire, Shatterpoint, and Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. Mm. Um, and so that's a brand new cover. It's such a good story that they've made four or five covers over the years, and I buy every one of them. And uh, Thrawn was a character that uh, when you failed, he just wanted better from you and he demanded better of you. Mm -hmm. And then when He's a little he, more bad to the bone in the, in the new stuff. Oh, and I was going to say. As far as how he treats his crew, because he definitely killed somebody for effing up once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is in this one, he seems to lose his cool faster, I guess is what I meant. Um, remember in Rebels, saying, he like growls at a guy, and I was like, that's not Thrawn. That's way too sim simple for him to lose his cool. But in Heir to the Empire trilogy, it takes more to take him off. Like he's more cool. It just qualifies but when he, as. When he brings his hammer down, it's like a death blow. It's not like an argument. I think that just qualifies as his mischaracterization within Rebels. Mm. Because I, I've also been re listening to the Thrawn canon novel mm -hmm. uh, this week. And like he loses his temper so rarely that Eli, who had been working with him for like seven years at this point, was startled because Thrawn raised his voice for the first time in those seven years. Yeah. And he's like, I was just. You know, shocked to see you angry. And he's like, I was not angry. That's he just like raised his voice yeah. to get a guy to move. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You I know think what I mean? that in, yeah. He's definitely a lot more villainy. You know, I wonder. Because he's, he's like the new empire face. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love how he calls the, uh, the new Republic, the rebellion. Mm -hmm. He never calls the new Republic. That's freaking balling. Um, I wonder if, you know. Okay, someone like Timothy Zahn seems like a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. um, I follow him on Facebook, so I see some of the posts that he like he personally writes. Mm -hmm. And someone he posted something about it being like, "Hey, it's today. You can buy this book. So excited for this next step in the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy." Mm -hmm. And someone commented, "You should fire your editor." 
um, or your publicist because there was a typo and mm-hmm. he goes, don't see how I can fire myself. Cause he had made the post and I was <laughs> like, Oh God. <laughs> um, That's but really funny. he, he doesn't see, he seems kind of like a pacifist. Timothy Zahn does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like an aggressor. And so I wish I could get some Veritaserum into him and be like, what did you really think about Thrawn and Rebels? Because it doesn't strike me as the Thrawn that he He's, portrays. Right, not even close. And that's um, part of why... Part of it's because it's a cartoon and the Rebels have to win. Part of it's because Rebels only does one episode story arcs. But, you know, I've, I've made my opinions on that very clear over the past 65 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fantastic. But we just want to say happy birthday to heir to the empire. Mm. Arguably the greatest happy Star Wars novel of all time. Happy birthday, heir to the empire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it's heir to the empire. <laughs> just keep going. Um, but yeah, Thrawn, my favorite Star Wars villain for sure. Um, I guess Boba Fett's a villain, but he's more of just a self-made man. Yeah. Yeah, Moving I, on, or go ahead. Uh, it, it, it kind of fits. So I think part of why Thrawn looks so different in this newer version of, let's just call him the canon Thrawn, yeah. is because I think Tim Zahn had to kind of um, like recreate his motivation. Yeah. And because he's not serving the Empire for the sake of the Empire like he was originally. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think his char- that whole kind of part of his character really changes. Well, it's interesting because in the in the original... Now, legend story, he had been completely thrown out of the chiss. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he was 100% loyal to the Empire. Right. Now, ironically, greater good. He's serving mm-hmm. the Empire for the greater good of preserving the ascendancy against what I assume is the Grisk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it does make me wonder... What? That's all the way from Thrawn Alliances. Okay. Um, it does make me wonder if, um, I feel like the whole trilogy for the Ascendancy will stay pre Empire days. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's just because he's waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think this is definitely going to end where the first book picks up in the Thrawn trilogy. Okay. Um, I think it's just explaining how he got there. Yeah. And I think it's going to characterize him, um, and maybe spell it out a little bit more clearly what his intent is while he's with the empire yeah you know what i mean because i especially i think if they're leading up to his re-entry into um like ahsoka on disney plus you know is what everybody's thinking right i think it'll really help fill out what changes we might see between thrawn and ahsoka and thrawn and rebels because Hmm. since the empire has fallen his whole motivation for working with the empire has kind of shifted subsided you know what i mean so I think it's definitely going to be working up to that and um, helping him be a little bit more clear, I think, in the, in the shift that's going to be coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird because um, Thrawn in Legends is, you know, he's loyal to the Empire because that's who, right. you know, and, that's the hand that feeds. And him taking over the Empire was merely because he's the last man standing at that high of a rank. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like his by default. It's very, very interesting. I want to see his... Just his demeanor is completely different, I feel like. it's He's still brilliant. He's still the socially awkward Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to know... Um, I really want to know how he's going to be when he shows back up. Because um, obviously in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka is hunting for Thrawn, and she has... 
you know, she does have malice towards him, obviously, when she's mm-hmm. looking for him. Um, it's weird that the 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 people who are being are, who are oppressing those folks on the uh, the moon where they find Ahsoka uh, Corvus, I want to say. Um, it's strange how these people are evil and oppressive, but that's that's not Thrawn's style just because. Mm-hmm. So I really want to know if he even has control of. The, I mean, they obviously know where Thrawn is or know something about Thrawn because the magistrate knew. And that is his fleet signal uh, symbol, the Seventh Fleet. I just want to know what the point is. Is he, does he still see? Is the New Republic still weak enough that he still wants the Imperial Remnant to win? So because he still feels like if I can get, it's kind of like when you're playing chess and it's like, well, as long as I can keep these like three or four pieces, I think I have a chance at winning. Right. You know well, what I mean? It's like if he can take back over control of the Empire then he would basically be right where he wanted to be to begin with, making the Empire like his ultimate ally for the sake of reinforcing the Chiss ascendancy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems like I really feel like this whole Imperial Remnant versus New Republic or whatever you want to call it uh, could be avoided if him and Luke just sat down. Yeah, for sure. Or if him and Leia just sat down, I guess. And then in the... Legends, Leia becomes the head of state at first when the New Republic is first formed. I think Mon Mothma and then Leia or something. I can't remember. It's Mon Mothma in canon. And then... Oh, you're was, right. Then they... She's the one that disbanded the whole military and made the whole sequel trilogy possible. Yep. Idiots. Mm-hmm. You just got done fighting a 20-year war, and you yeah. just thought that everything when was She fine? wasn't even really like the leader, per se, because they didn't actually have one. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But she was just so charismatic and had so many connections. She basically made those things happen. God. But then created a power vacuum because nobody else could really fill that role once she stepped down. Right. She just created a lot of problems. Crazy. Um, so uh, let's dive a little bit into greater good. If you haven't read the novel or you don't want to hear any spoilers, skip ahead. I don't have a time for you. <laughs> but I guess do the little double tap if you're watching on your iPhone. If, we're, if the red thing is still on the screen, keep going. Um, so it's interesting because, um, the Ascendancy Trilogy, give me your thoughts on the Ascendancy Trilogy so far, as far as where it ranks in your Thrawn books, the feel of the book, the feel of the series so far, what are your thoughts? Whenever I'm reading the original canon Thrawn Trilogy, it's like eating cheesecake the whole time. (laughs) It's just enjoyable the whole way through. Yes. And this feels more to me like when i eat mcdonald's pancakes let me elaborate i take the circle of butter and i stack it in the middle and Mm -hmm. i eat the edges until i get to the middle and it's just this perfect delicious bite butter has of melted butter and syrup and pancake yeah and i'm basically working the whole way around the edge of the pancake for that one savory last bite Mm -hmm. or like eating a cinnamon roll you know the ones that like the cinnabon like the middle's the best part right I feel like that's what this trilogy is more like. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. To me, it's like, um, I feel like there, Timothy Zahn is such a specific style of writer. And I wonder, God, I just, he's so detail oriented mm -hmm. and he's so like, there's so many minute details and, um, you know, I I like the novels, but I can see where there are people who will not like them. 
Does that make sense? If someone doesn't, okay, for instance, I'll give you for instance. Um, like I said before, I'm in many Star Wars book Facebook pages or whatever, and people will be like, I don't like the Darth Bane trilogy. What's up with that? I just don't think that person's opinion is valuable. <laughs> um, if someone doesn't like the Darth Bane trilogy, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like I really don't have any talking peak points. Star Wars for me. You know now. what I mean? Um, now because I, I will hear you out. But it's going to be hard for you to change my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like a presidential debate. Like, why do we even have those? <laughs> Everyone's going to vote who they're going to vote for. But whatever. Um, to me, I, if someone said, I didn't really enjoy the Ascendancy trilogy so far, I can say, I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there is so much, uh, there's just so much red tape to get through. Mm-hmm. And so the first one, I feel like, I was like, what the heck is even... I remember I called you, and I was like, what is going on? When are things going to start happening? Um, and so this one was quicker to get to some of the talking points. Yeah. And I, well, I, I'm i enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not up to snuff when it comes to Heir to the Empire or... Um, you know, maybe... And, and it could be this. It could be that... Timothy Zahn is a science fiction fantasy writer, mm-hmm. and I have come to the realization that I am not a fan of science fiction outside of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I'll see other things, and I'm like, this is dumb. What is this about? You know, I don't know why. I just, other things don't really appeal to me that much. Mm. And so, I think that maybe Timothy Zahn is kind of taking his science fiction writing chops and applying them to this story because it's the most open-ended anything has ever been for him. Mm-hmm. You know, Heir to the Empire, we still need, we still had to use Han, Luke, and Leia. We had to stay in this timeline. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was, there was definitely a box he had to operate within. Mm-hmm. And even more so for the first Thrawn canon trilogy, where it was, you have this space of time because mm-hmm. Thrawn was in Rebels. Right. So... Uh, you he can't. This can't be post Return of the Jedi because we got these plans for post Return of the Jedi. Because Star Wars and Lucasfilm and all of them think years and years out. They already know what's going to happen to Thrawn. You right. Know what I mean, yeah. Well, and I think another part of it is that you have this guy who now for thirty years has been thinking about where Thrawn comes from. Right. And he's finally getting the chance to really explore what the Chiss ascendancy is and what the differences are. And I enjoyed the bit is where he's like getting down to stuff like the differences in technology that's available to them. Like they have to get navigators because they don't have uh, hyperspace cal- calculating computers. Right. You know what I right. mean? They have to have people that can navigate the chaos. I think stuff like that's really cool. And I think uh, a lot of the red tape in the first book was him just kind of giving the skeleton of what the Chiss Ascendancy is about, you know, yeah. what makes him tick and explaining the family orders and how that's influential to everything. And Yeah, I think I think exactly what you're saying. I think that some of the time that feels like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Is he's developing a whole separate universe, right. really. Yeah, essentially. Because there's really nothing familiar other than Thrawn. Yeah. There, uh, it does make it a little bit hard when I'm reading a book or listening to a book when he mentions all these different characters because I love to, um, I'm that kid that bought, you know, 
I got birthday money when I was like 12 and I went to Barnes Noble and bought the essential guide to Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a book and I'm like, oh, okay, Vergier, Vergier. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. A little peacock bird looking lady, you know, like, yeah. I, and I go from there and now I have a mental picture mm-hmm. so I can read and I can imagine things, but it also yeah, looks he's something creating like a whole new species, a whole new species. Yeah. And I'm like, what does this look like? And then, uh, okay. Like for instance, the, uh, um, what were the name of the two characters that, were pretending to be in trouble and they were actually the troublemakers. What species was that? Ab- Abduli or something like that? Uh, I Honestly, if I don't read it, the name doesn't stick. So I just like, I'll hear it and I'll know what it is, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I got uh, nothing. Okay, so, uh, uh, man, I want to say it's Abdui, Abgui. It's a something. Something like that. Okay, so anyways, um, just look up Thrawn, Greater Good, Dramatis Persona. Um but anyways, this whole time I'm picturing these peeps like like Agra from. Uh, no, they're supposed to be like. But then, but then later in the book, it's like dark red with dirty white colors, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" Because in my mind, they were something else, you know. Yeah. Let's see. Um, but that's one of the hardest things is cre- he's creating a whole new world. And it's as, so new, nobody's made anything for it yet. Right, and as as politicky as the Star Wars prequels were, this is that on steroids. There are nine ruling families, and uh, the aristocra are the ones who decide. Um, or not the aristocra. There's the even higher group. Man, I sound like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but there's a higher. Imagine the Supreme Court, right? And yeah, they, they decide call them the council. Yeah, but they have another word for it. I can't remember what it was. It's like when they call you home, like everybody, right. you cut and run, you go back home. But I yeah. can't remember what it's called. Because they've um, got the council that's in charge of the military. I think this the Supreme Council they rule the military, and then there is the. Um, it's basically the civilian version of that. This is how much information there is. <laughs> so you have somewhere around 50-something families. Uh, there's 49. nine ruling families and 40... 40 great families. Yeah. So there's nine ruling families. There's 40 great families. At some point in their history, there was as few as three great family or f- three ruling families and as high as 12, but it's nine right now. So imagine the Supreme Court, but families. And... The big thing in this in this book is there's a family that used to be one of the great families and it's one of or it used to be one of the ruling families but now it's been degraded to one of the great families and the main bad guy that you hear for like two paragraphs in the whole book the main bad guy I remember his name it's Jixtus Jixtus he is uh playing puppet master over some of these other characters so the storyline of the book in 30 seconds is <laughs> Um, Thrawn is out there making sure there's no more pirates that, you know, he just got rid of these pirates in book one. He's making sure that they're not coming back for round two in the, in the midst of that, um, he's being tricked into being away so that Jixtus and his, and his helpers can try to cause trouble for the other families. And of the 40 great families, there are three that they trick into going to this planet that is that's useless, but they think there's a great mine of precious materials that if they find it and claim it for their family in the ascendancy, they will uh, they believe that they will be restored to a ruling family. 
making it 10 ruling families again. Uh, and so the idea is um, Jixtus, the main bad guy, hates the Chiss for whatever reason. Maybe because they're just, he just smart and they're a threat. threat to him expanding his rule or whatever. And so his plan is he's got these other Abduli. Have you figured that out yet? The species? Mm-mm, Anyways, he's got these two characters that they act like they're just like hanging out. And uh, you know how, um, what is it when Amish people have a year off? Rumspringer? Uh, he's he's describing um, like a uh, gap year. Yes. But what's that? What's the uh, Amish one? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm using a term the rest of them will know. Uh, so the Chiss, apparently, they have this thing where after they you know, come of age, they have a year to explore and figure out what they want to do to bring honor to their family name. Rumspringer? Man, I'm a G. Uh, and so um, the Chiss have those two. So there's these two characters that they're on their Rumspringer, and these two alien characters come in, and they're like, hey, um, we have a ship, we have money, but we don't really know anything about Chiss space and we're kind of refugees. So if you'll show us around, we'll kind of float you, you know, the money to finish out your Rumspringer year. And so they're like, okay. And really what they're doing is they're allowing these people, um, to be their guides, but they would need inside info on all the Chiss are about so they can try to find weaknesses. And they find out, of course, the families are their weakness. Like the politics within the Chiss and themselves are the weakness. Um, the Chiss are so strong, but they, you know, for the honor of their family name, they will, you know, turn into barbarians and, and attack one another, even though they're the same species, same planet, everything, because they want to be part of the, one of the ruling families. And so, uh, they pretty much massacre this whole, planet of people and uh okay wow okay we're already at 42 minutes and uh and so long story short the end of the book is uh they try to get these three families who need the wealth and the affluency to get back up to the next regime uh to uh they're trying to get them to wage war on one another uh for the sake of riches you know to take up their family name and thrawn basically finds a way to distract them long enough to show them the planet is there's nothing there. You're going to kill You're going to literally going to wipe up, you know, wipe out three whole families and start a giant civil war for nothing. There's nothing on this planet to lie. Um, and that's the end of the book. And so Jixtus, here's a spoiler. If you're still listening, if you've heard the whole plot, but you don't want to hear the really big thing. Um, every family has a patriarch or matriarch. That's the leader of that family. And so the, the, the myth, because Thrawn's full name is Mithron Urido, um, their ruler, their patriarch dies, who was a big fan of Thrawn. And their re- chosen replacement is like... The Syndicure. There you go. I just remembered it. That is it. The Syndicure is the Supreme Court, basically. Um, but it's heavily influenced by family politics. Exactly. But your family can say, hey, we're going to do this. And if the Syndicure and says the you're going to do something else, you're going to do what the Syndicure says. Maintain the military. Exactly. Nailed it. So imagine, okay, like for instance, in our, in our world, it. imagine if you're a upcoming bright guy or whatever, and you're kind of a weirdo, but you get the job done and Donald Trump loves you. Imagine Donald Trump leaves office or dies or whatever, and Joe Biden replaces him. 
obviously your world just got sucky fast or vice versa. If Obama liked you and Trump became president for those of you who are upset. Um, so that's Thrawn's thing is the patriarch was a big fan and he knew he was misunderstood, but he knew that he was brilliant. He knew that he was the best thing that had happened to the myth family in a long time. And if they would just support him, they could ride his ascension to, you know, being one of the greater of the, of the nine ruling families, they could be one of the top two or three families. Now this guy dies and he's replaced by a guy that's literally, which this is like a big no, no, but he's in cahoots with other families to try to mess Thrawn up, which is crazy because you would think that he would want his family to succeed. So that's a big no, that's a big deal. And then at the very end, you find out that Jixtus, this main bad guy, is his species a, has been hidden throughout the entire book. His species, yeah, nobody knows what it is. He has a black robe. His face is veiled. I was texting Samuel like, "Holy crap! How crazy would it be if this was Darth Plagueis?" <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, I knew that wasn't the case, but I was just fanboying. For I was a like, probably not likely. Yeah. Um, he doesn't ever like, oh, how cool would that be? Like, I know it's not going to happen, but just fantasize <laughs> for a second. Uh, so anyways, it turns out that Jixtus is a leader of the Grisk. And the Grisk are a species that was introduced in Thrawn Alliances. It's basically the n- new shiny version of the Yuuzhan Vong. Yeah. But they have technology. Yeah. So this is worse. This is supposed to be the threat that drives... This is Thrawn the, th- to unite this is with the, the threat that is such a big deal that Thrawn is willing to leave everything he's ever known, go back town to freaking nothing, mm-hmm. clean toilets for a living, and race through a whole nother military uh, hierarchy for the sake of becoming friends with the Emperor so that the Emperor will help the Chiss against the Grisks. Yep. And if you're still listening, thank you so much. <laughs> you're a true Star Wars fan. I have so many friends that I'm like, what do you think about the podcast? And they're like... I'm your friend, but I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I the good thing is we know that uh, the melee from within is going to be at an all-time high. We know that the melee from without is going to be at an all-time high. Hopefully, it's just butt-tons of action in this next book, and it just is the greatest thing. Yep. It's been two books of setup, basically. It's been a lot. And now we're waiting on the delivery. But now we know how the government works, and we know how the families work. Yeah, I was going to say. And Thrawn is poised to fight the ultimate villain. So. Yeah. And so. Also something um, that is was a tie-in from Thrawn Alliances. Hey, lesser evil is probably the Empire, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> something else that's a tie-in is... Uh, the fact that uh, Jixtus was very interested in how the Chiss navigated. He thought maybe they had Navi computers. And the whole thing that Thrawn and Vader are doing in Thrawn Alliances is rescuing the Chiss Skywalkers, the navigators. Yes. So this is kind of like one of the main driving points that was a, a tie-in mm, yeah. for Jixtus's interest in the Chiss as well. Yeah, because he's very interested. He's very interested in... It would just be like a huge source of wealth because if they did have navic computers then he would be able to like dominate that technology and make him like he would be able to attack it would just make him incredibly powerful the known star wars universe and not just the chaos and what if jixtus is like what if (laughs) what if he's like a main bad guy 
for after the First Order is a thing, and Thrawn and all and Ray and all those people work together to defeat the Grisks, like in the far, far future. I mean, he would still have to get some boost in technology and then by the yeah, time yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they got thirty years inside the Empire, he still doesn't have it. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's got fifty years at this point. I mean, I don't think it's going to be him. I don't. Th- I don't know if the Grisk lived that long. Could be. Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe. I just want to see Thrawn do something crazy, man. I don't... I, to me, I'm going to be sad if Thrawn's story ends in a lackluster way prior to The Force Awakens. And I feel like that's where this is going. I think uh, the way they've been treating him, he might get the hero treatment and he might just go back to the Ascendancy. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I guess. I mean, that was the end goal, right? Yeah. No, that would be cool. I yeah. just don't, I, yeah, I don't want it to go out like a punk. And then he'll marry Arlani and then we'll have brilliant babies. Yes. That'll be sick. We just got to get there. There was not enough Arlani in this book. Not. IMO. Or Thrawn. There was a, a decent amount of Thrawn, I think. But I feel like the first 60% of the book, you got like a teaspoons. There was way too of much Thrawn. of that one uh, fiance, though. Way too much of her. Oh, my God. So these two chits that they trick into taking them on this journey, their their fiancés. Oh my god. One of them is intolerable. Intolerable. And because we listened via audible the voice. Phil it was, it if was you're like watching this a chist valley girl. It's the his voice for the wife or the fiance was basically your impression of your wife. Whatever. I didn't want to do that. God. Yeah. So one of the bad guys just kills her and throws her into space because she wouldn't go where they wanted to go. She was too much of a problem. And then he told and the fiance. And that's why you act more agreeably. And <laughs> Manners. They're important. And he tells the fiance she wanted to see the birds or whatever <laughs> it was. Like he gave her this big thing. And she was being such a deep piece about it. He found it completely believable. Yeah. She was, she was so rude to her own fiance that when they were like, yeah, she packed her bags and left because she wasn't done at this place they were leaving. He was like, wow, okay. Well, I guess we'll marry her someday. <laughs> they did that guy a favor. I'll tell you that. That's what they did. Yeah. They don't get enough. Fun- Akbui? Akbui. Yeah. Nailed it. The Akbui. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, yes. I can't remember the guy's name, though. <laughs> the main guy. There's two of them, but there's one that's. Their names are so similar. Something Leaf. Oh, Hapleaf. Hapleaf. Man, we're killing it. The two of us together. Ripping it apart. Hapleaf is definitely the one you care about. We're getting to the center of the Cinnabon. Yeah. So it's good. It just takes a while to get there. Yeah. It takes a while to get there. And I feel like the first book was the outer layer. And the second book was the inner layer. And I'm hoping that book three is just that chewy, gooey goodness. Mm. Or if you're impatient... uh, and you just, you're the person that buys the cinnamon roll middles when you go to Cinnabon. You should just read the first Thrawn trilogy. Read it, the Empire trilogy. Yeah. Fantastic. Cinnamon roll centers the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, that finishes that. Okay. Let's talk about uh, scale Order 66 to, for 10 minutes. Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, I give it like a 6.5. Yeah. Not super high on my scale. Yeah. I enjoyed I it because it's Thrawn, but if it weren't Thrawn, I don't think I would revisit it. He's just never going to outdo that Mark Sable maneuver. When he, when I heard that the Empire, I was like, oh, 
feels so good. Okay. Order 66. Let's anyway, talk about it. Episode 66, Order 66. We talked about pie and cinnamon rolls. Time to talk about the uh, seizing control of the entire known galaxy. You know what? If you made it this far, I hope you're ready for a smorgasbord of Samuel talking like Palpatine, because that's what I'm hoping for. It'll come. Uh, what if from this moment on, we both just use Palpatine voice to talk about 66? I don't want to do that. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to. Give the fans what they want. <laughs> I'll consider it. Um, Only if you can find remember actual quotes that he uses. Oh, I can't. You mean do the whole rest of the the rest of the story with just quotes from the movies? I don't make the rules. No, Palpatine wouldn't do that. Yes, he would. He would do what he wants. He's the emperor. Um, so Order sixty six. Probably, well, arguably the most influential thing we ever see on screen as far as Star Wars goes. It definitely changes the path of where things are going Except the most. Except for maybe the killing of Palpatine. Mm. That's a big Good. change. Unlimited. I'm too weak. I definitely... Help, 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 Got into a Wookiee bit there at the end. Yeah, I didn't know where to go with it. Oh, I had a joke, but I couldn't make it on air. Um, so, psych, dude. If I could hear Palpatine say psych, that would be sick. Um, so, or if we could get a Bully McGuire quote from him, now suck on this. <laughs> I know Bully McGuire says, now dig on this. What's but an aluminum falcon? Who's they? You got an ATM on that torso <laughs> light, right? <laughs> Just build another one. Who's going to pay for Remember it? Remember when he covered up the phone? He goes, oh, he's crying. <laughs> what are you? Are you going to cry about Patamume or Patamame, whatever her name is? But it's uh, much terrible in there. Oh, he's crying. Um, so, Do you, you think Vader has a toilet in his suit? He's probably got a... Uh, crocodile skin colostomy bag <laughs> i think i would think it would be something similar to iron man's suit where he has like a urine recycler yeah what about a poop but that cod piece is very defined well also what does he eat like do you think it's just what if it's through a tube can you consider it eating well that's what i'm saying is okay obviously he can uh he eats astronaut food, I bet, in his little tube. Ooh, ice cream. Mm. Tastes like dirt. Yeah, dude. Astronaut seems... ice cream is a sham. Don't buy it. Yeah. You go to the Houston Museum of Natural Science, and they're like, 25 bucks, but it's what astronauts eat. And you eat it, and you're like, this sucked. <laughs> and then you're Probably only taste good because you're looking at space. <laughs> your dad, who doesn't understand how six-year-olds have opinions, is like, well, I you should You should have known what it was going to taste like before you had it. <laughs> I think about it. Uh, crocodile skin colostomy bag kind of works. It's probably it probably has a good sealant on it. Crocodiles are waterproof. No water gets inside. Where do they get the crocodiles? What the heck is a crocodile? Where do they get Where do they get the what rest the, of his What the heck's a duck? <laughs> where do they get the rest of his crocodile skin outfit? Trandoshan skin? It'd be like the first pinstripe crocodile suit we've ever seen. 
<laughs> uh, dude, I was talking to Sean today, and he was doing that whole Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yes, he does. And I, he was like, so what species would you want to be? And I was like, honestly, it's ugly, but a Trandoshan. And he was like, why? And I was like, great hunters, tall, muscular, infrared vision, immune to gas and toxins. The list goes on. And he goes, I would like to be a warrior species that is bigger than a Trandoshan, but seeks peace, a predator, but not violent. And I was like, like a Wookiee? <laughs> that was so funny. And then dude, I'm describing what I think might be a Wookiee. Yeah. And it was funny because I was like a Trandoshan Jedi. And he was like, does that even exist? And big ears like this? <laughs> and a fluffy tail like this? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Wabbit season. Duck season. Uh, okay. So what is the big... <laughs> We're way off track. Okay, what is the bigger what is the bigger event? Palpatine's executing Order sixty six or Palpatine's death? I think Palpatine's death because there was an immediate power vacuum with Order sixty six. It was very gradual change that happened after that. You know what I mean? He was still getting rid of the yeah the uh, government. He was still you know reforming the military. You know what I mean? It was a lot of little bitty changes. You know, I one would at have a time. To- I, think, I would have to say, well, I guess... I think his death left the most immediate change. I totally hear what you're saying, but... And the logic of it? The logic is good. <laughs> I think that Order 66 set up bigger dominoes in a sense that, um, one, his death wasn't until the rise of Skywalker, technically. Um, as far as him being gone-gone... For now, episode 12, somehow Palpatine's returned again. Well, here, okay. everyone in the theater would boo, and I'd be like, frick you, bring it back out. You're, you're saying that Order 66 set up bigger dominoes, but then that's not what Order 66 isn't the biggest change then. It would be the other changes. Is well, what I'm saying. I guess it's what the I'm biggest saying. singular event that created the most change. Order 66 set, it was more, okay, so maybe. The Emperor's death left a bigger power vacuum immediately. But I guess what I mean is it's a bigger moment because in life we see negative things bigger than positive things. Does that make sense? If someone gives you a dollar, it's no big deal. If you have a dollar in your hand and someone takes it from you, it like ruins your whole day. Well, I mean, I guess another way we have to look at it is that he basically just kind of changed the government as it was gradually until he wanted it to until it was what he wanted it to be but right. his death had like we had to create a whole new yeah yeah that's true galactic i guess what i when i what i'm kind of thinking of is order 66 happens mm-hmm. tens of thousands of jedis die mm-hmm. um thousands i mean i don't know about how many actual planets there are but hundreds of planets are immediately, even though they're whether they're a part of the um, Republic or the Separatists, they're immediately under the Imperial rule. Um, things like uh, things like Alderaan, billions of people died in a matter of seconds because Order sixty six took took place. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I feel like sixty six has a bigger impact as far as the. Um, like when the empire fell, there's not one, it doesn't immediately fall and there is a huge vacuum within the empire, but there's not, um, you know, one of the, one of the storylines that they keep bringing up 
in current Star Wars stuff is that not everybody's life got immediately better. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. kind of a, th- a trope that they're doing right now. Um, but I feel like when Order 66 took place, it set up, you know, it was the nail in the coffin of the Republic, essentially, because there was no one to tell him no at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think that people's lives drastically... There was no one to tell him yes after he died. What? Good ask a question, man. Here's another Order sixty six picture for you. Um, so I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Hey, what if we saw Commander Cody hunting down the Bad Batch? That'd be cool, huh? Yeah, he's got to die sometime. Yeah. Um, maybe of old age. But Order sixty six is so interesting because one, okay, mm-hmm. is it just me or whenever uh, Sifo-Dyas and all that kind of stuff, clone making, when I was a kid, I was like, who the freak is Sifo-Dyas? Is that Count Dooku? I thought they were the same person. I thought that Sifo-Dyas was just a made-up name. Right, well, and it was originally going to be Sido-Dyas, but I think George thought that was a little too on the nose. All right, Sido-Dyas. Not to be confused with Sidious. Yeah. Um, And then the big thing that we kind of talked about a little bit a few weeks ago nice little bicep candy uh jewelry there on cody's mm. armor um something that was Keeps a really cool idea oh yeah uh not on the left arm though tomorrow morrison's pretty yoked a good one anyway <laughs> um i'm sorry <laughs> um something that we talked about <laughs> Uh, a little bit a few weeks ago. <laughs> the fact that if you look into the creation of episode two, um, in the original script, Order it was going to happen. It was going to happen in Geonosis. There we go. She seems to be on top of things. So, what do you think about that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I think about it. <laughs> Just go to the next picture, man. Uh, I think it would have been cool. It definitely would have been way too soon. You know what I mean? Like, what what the freak would episode three have been? You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been wild. By the way, if uh, you ever want to listen to this song that's playing in this scene, oh. it's not a part of the actual score if you look it up. Yeah. Uh, you wanna... What you can do is you can Google Star Wars March on the Jedi Temple 10-hour loop, and you can get that fix. You can get that fix. Yeah, it's freaking great. One of the best little segments of score in, in the whole film. Hey, how far are you in uh, Legacy of the Force? Mm-hmm. Betrayal still? Mm-hmm. I've been busy. Something really crazy happens in Bloodlines that I need you to think about. Okay. That I need you okay. to... Okay. 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 It has to do with this. Okay. Um, but, yeah, really crazy because if you think about it, um, Order 66 is just like this big plan. It, it's been, it, it's hard to know how long it's been cooking for. Is it something that kind of. It's been cooking for since Darth Bane. Well, what I mean is the plan itself to have clones Darth and all that Bane. kind of stuff. Do you, do you think that Plagueis was in on that? Or do you think it was something that. Uh, Plagueis was the one spinning those wheels, as far as I can tell. He was the one that was doing the experiments on clones to begin with to figure out what a species. I mean, if we're talking legends. He was doing species experiment before Sidious was even a concept to see what would be the most amiable clone species, and then he decided on humans. To take down the Jedi? Yeah. Um, Do you not remember that? Mm-mm. 
Yeah. I remember him doing a lot of experiments to try to manipulate midichlorians. Yeah, and then part of um, his experiments outside of that were to see which species would have been the best to clone. Because he's the one that's actually in contact with the Kaminoans. Right. To begin with. I remember that. Yeah. So it's totally his idea. That's crazy. Uh, if we want to get really specific, it might have been Darth Tenebris's idea because the oh, bits frick. are supposed to be very big cloners. Like they're supposed to have a lot of science. I can't get past the fact that I think Biths all just play the saxophone. Uh, clue horn? The clue horn. The clue horn. Actually, I think what we see him playing in the cantina would actually be a, an oboe. In Star Wars? It looks like an oboe. It's got the little straw. Adam yeah, agrees. A clue, a clue horn has that. Yeah, I'm just saying it. According it's to basic, Galaxy's basically Edge. Basically an oboe. Um, so... So you think Tenebris was the one that was thinking of cloning, and then Plagueis took that up, and then Sidious took it up? I don't see why not. Their apprenticeship would have been five ever long, because both their species live like four or five times as long. I think he was Tenebris' apprentice for 100 years or something like that. Also, how crazy is it that, um, you know, obviously the rule of two was like a huge, huge thing, but Mm -hmm. there's Tenebris, Venomous, and Plagueis at the beginning of Plagueis. Yeah, but that was because Tenebris was going to bump off uh, Venom. Or Plagueis for Venomous. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the whole thing. That's like whichever one's more worthy. Right, 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 right. I right. think that's basically the rule of two in general. Is that that's you know, true? You if, can try to bring someone on. Yeah, but if you got if you're going to be the best, you have to beat the best. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what Bane is doing. That's kind of what Xana was doing. You know, looking for a replacement apprentice, or in Bane's case, it's really wild how um, I remember Plagueis killing Venomous, and then kind of like. Keeping him alive keeping just him to keep alive. doing experiments on him. Freaking thug. That is pretty thug. Can we please get some Plagueis content? Please. I'm, I'm hoping for it. Um, so, <clears throat> nice. Okay. We're, we're, we're okay. Um, so, what is, your, what is your favorite, not Anakin with the younglings, but what is your actual favorite like part about Order sixty six? When you think about it, I know it's a sad moment, but like, even if it's just a, it's sad, but respect. What's the? What do you think stands, or what stands out to you about it? Besides <clears throat> Anakin with the younglings, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Zom. Zom. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I mean. I think now when I watch it, the first time I watched it, obviously watching Anakin go and kill Jedi, that was the most emotional part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I feel the most poignantly now would be Plo Koon's death, especially since he goes out in an undignified way. Yeah. That was totally unbecoming of him. Hey, did you know, speaking of Plo Koon, on the set of The Mandalorian, to make sure nobody could spoil the Luke Skywalker thing? Yeah, they told him it was going to be Plo They told Koon. them that Plo Koon was going to come and save Grogu? Which I guess nobody watched. Anyway. Yeah, we talked hey, about that. Hey, if you can survive literally being cut in half and sucked into the vacuum of space. Yeah, but that high-speed automobile accident, though. <laughs> <laughs> no! That was quite the explosion. The Keldor. Sweet guy. Freaking Dude, that... Dope. Man, obviously Luke is the right choice, but Plo, if Plo Koon showed up... It would have been pretty dope. That would have been raw. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think if I, if I might... Uh, make a little conjecture here i think he might have gotten the best treatment in clone wars as far as jedi that we already had established because yeah nobody cared about him and now he's like one of the coolest yeah i think so too 
Yeah, because like the Obi Wan Kenobi's, you already got a lot of them. The yeah. Anakin Skywalker's, you already got a lot. Their of characters them. already really well Obviously, established. Obviously, Ahsoka is the argument because she's from Clone Wars. But as far as people that were just obscure mm-hmm. becoming fan favorites, yeah. Plo Koon's definitely up there. Plo Koon, you know, I knew who he was and he was cool looking and everything, um, but he rose the ranks of like people I would want to be my master. Mm-hmm. You know, super dope. I guess. Anakin's kind of the master you would want if you were a fan of that concept in high school where a teacher wouldn't really make you work hard, but then it was a pain in the butt later in life. <laughs> I feel like Ahsoka had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way because Anakin didn't push her the way she should have been pushed as an apprentice. What do you think about that? I think he grew up pretty well. I think part of it was that, like, okay, we read Master and Apprentice and we see that they gave Obi-Wan to Qui-Gon because... Uh, Obi-Wan was rebellious and the only way to rebel against Qui-Gon would be to follow the rules. Right. Uh, I think that Genius. giving Ahsoka to Anakin, which was Yoda's decision, the only way to really grow Anakin to that next step is to make him kind of be responsible for somebody else because of his recklessness. That's true. So I think that they were had a, Dude, a, what if a they're nice like, symbiotic relationship. It's funny because what if Yoda was like, about the girl, I do not care need anakin to become the chosen one i do <laughs> look I mean, that's basically throw, what it was throw ahsoka to the wolves to mature anakin so he could be the person you were promised the whole time can we get a disney plus show on whenever this prophecy came a thing <laughs> they've never expounded on the prophecy uh they talk about it a little bit in dooku jedi lost i think and also in Master and Apprentice. Yeah. They talk about the prophecies a lot. They talk about the prophecies, but they don't really talk about like... They talk about that prophecy specifically. I want to know who gave it. I want to know when. I want to know what was thought about it when it came out. I want to know what people thought when it first happened. I want to know all the things. I feel like you can infer a lot of those answers. I don't want to infer. I want to be fed. I'm the opposite of the T-Rex. I don't want to hunt for it. I want to be fed a sheep on a chain on Disney+. Plus. That would be cool if they had like You're a show about my eight bucks a month. What else do you need? That'd be cool if they came out with a show about uh, the Jedi mystics, uh, like because they're kind of doing the acolyte. If they did the mystics, yeah, you know what I mean. Wayseekers, stuff like that. Yeah, be sick. Wayseeker. <laughs> That's from my buddy Joel. Um, but yeah, this moment is super powerful. Uh, I love watching them go into the temple. Mm-hmm. How many Jedi do you think are in the <laughs> temple at once? Uh, probably just the retired masters like Jocasta New and the younglings because the rest of them would have been deployed for the most part. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably a few hundred at most. They sent a buttload of clones in there. Yeah. Do you see how many clones it took to kill one youngling? Yeah. Like eight? Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I wonder if we know. I mean, like, they're still going to be Jedi masters even if they're not in the field anymore. You know what I mean? I wonder if we know who all these characters are. These statues and stuff. You think they've been named? I don't know. That's a good question. Whenever I was a kid and I saw this happening, I was like, he's been right in front of their faces the whole time. <laughs> those, those are two statues of Sidious. That'd be pretty funny. Um, a really cool take on Order 66 uh, to get a little bit off the episode three beaten path is uh, a book called Order 66 by Karen Travis. Samuel hasn't read this one, but the cool thing is uh the concept behind it is uh the republic commandos have a little bit more um free will i guess it's not free will i just they start out more raw than a regular clone they go through less 
um, Caminoan based training and more training based on, uh, actually Mandalorians train them. And so their way of thinking is already more family based, more Mandalorian based than the average clone trooper. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It kind of fly. It does kind of fly in the face of Clone Wars, where it's like we're all brothers, but um, it's kind of like instead of just being like, "Hey, we're just clones." It's uh, they don't go by numbers. They have they all have names. Um, they are very. They all speak. Uh, they all speak Mandoa, which That's is cool. super cool. Uh, in the beginning of every book, or in the back, maybe I can't recall, but in every. Um, Republic Commando book, you get the dramatis persona of who's going to be in the book, but then it's either the front or the back. You basically get a Mandalorian dictionary, and it'll tell you all the things that they're going to say. Um, a knife, a friend, a dog, a brother, an enemy, a trap, like all those things. And so by Order 66, they're getting ready to try to duck out. And they're realizing that if we're ever going to make a name for our, not a name, but if we're ever going to make a family for ourselves, if we're ever going to make a place for ourselves, it can't be in the Grand Army. We're just a number here. Can you go back to that picture of the front of the Jedi Temple? Yes. So that's a really cool concept. So there are four Jedi, and they are known as the Four Masters, and they were the ones that were responsible for the construction of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. And that's canon, I looked at. Is that, but there's... Is that the statue or is that the carving? The carvings. The statue, I think, is just a general Jedi, like just a a typical Jedi. Because it's the same kind of thing that they have at any of their temples. Does it say who they are, what their names are, and their species? The Four Masters, also known as the Four Founders, were the Jedi Masters who founded the Jedi Temple on Coruscant 1,000 years before the Clone Wars. Sculptures and founders were carved into the massive... Sculptures of the founders were carved into the massive pylons, which were displayed at the formal entrance of the temple before the entrance was a ceremonial staircase, blah, blah, blah. Um, It says... No, it doesn't. Uh, but these are supposed to be warrior masters on either side and then sage masters. In the middle? hmm Dude, that's sick. So it doesn't say specifically who they are. This guy's kind of overweight for a Jedi. Yeah, he's definitely not human. He's got pointy ears. Reminds me of uh, Zeb. Yeah? Yeah, it does kind of look like Zeb. I was going to say it looks kind of like a chubby... Uh... Oh, what's Prince Zizor? They have pheromones. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they control the black sun. Freaking, I anyway. Could, I could tell you if we weren't recording a podcast I know, right, right? now. Um, dude, if this was real life, you'd see some guy at the top of the hill yelling, you can do it, and a bunch of chubby uh, people running up and down the... Falling. Oh, yeah. I was saying if this was real life, you'd see you hear somebody up here like running like a twenty dollar a week training camp, and there'd just be <laughs> overweight people running up and down the steps of the temple, skateboarding. You get out of here. That's what Commander Fox really would have been up to. <laughs> Corralling skateboarders at the Jedi Chain Temple. Gunning stake skateboarders. <laughs> you were warned. Get your clanker board out of here. Anything that's metal is a droid. That's funny. Anyway, any more uh, poignant thoughts before we uh, get moved? Um, but yeah, I really, I really, really like uh, the Republic Commando series, and this book really brings a lot of stuff to the forefront. I think this is the fourth book, and there's one more after this where they finally leave, is my understanding. Because mm. it's um, Hard Contact, Triple Zero, True Colors, Order 66, and 
um, 501st. And 501st, it changes from a public commando novel to an imperial commando novel. Mm. And they're trying to change them. And there's other people in the military now that aren't clones. Yes. And they don't like that. And there's like a kind of like a a schism there. Which is interesting because they're already like officers and stuff that weren't clones. And the yeah, army, but you know it's, I mean? it's uh, you've gone from having the, like this established relationship with people like Wolf Ularin, who yeah. isn't a clone, but he's an officer. And now it's like you've got if you go into a room and there's 20 clones and then there's 20 people who aren't clones, it's going to naturally divide yeah. <clears throat> into normal people and clones. And I don't I think it's just it's really cool because there's moments where they decide, you know, what we're going to get out of here. And um, one thing that I really like is something I've kind of held against Clone Wars is that there are arc troopers or they or they're they're called gnolls. That's what they're called amongst themselves. Right. They're changing to their genetics. Right. And they're like by far the most aggressive, by far like basically the most like Jango Fett. And uh, I like that no matter how hardcore a commando is, they can never become an arc trooper. Because they're genetically different. That's what arc means. So that's my beef with Clone Wars. Yep. Like you can become a commando yeah, if you're it. a regular guy, but arc is a different level. But yeah, Order 66 is interesting, man. I wonder if we're going to get an even more in-depth look at it with Bad Batch. It's kind of cool how those, the little talk at the beginning and then the end of the episode are the same thing. Um but to me, the most interesting part is that it was so long in planning mm-hmm. all the way from Bane. Obviously, Order 66 wasn't a thing, but like the concept of we rule from right in front of their noses yeah. and eventually we'll get to a place where we can take over. And I'm sure it would make sense for Bad Batch to kind of see like the shift in what it means for the Bad Batch after Order 66. You know what I mean? Do you think Because it would that... be a big change for them as well. Right. Do you, before we know what's going to happen, do you think going into this that um, Order 66 happening and the Bad Batch not wanting to go against uh, the Jedi is the catalyst for them running from the law? Or do you think that... Well, and I think it's possible that they don't have the inhibitor, inhibitor chips. chips. Yeah. Hmm. Because they, they're messed up. Right. That is very interesting. Ah, Except for know. maybe one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm very, I'm very interested to see what happens because, um, I guess if we went like frame by frame and try to zoom in, you could see if they had a scar or didn't have a scar or a bandage or whatever when they're hanging out. But yeah, I think there's a good chance they don't have inhibitor. Chips. I'm sure Echo's inhibitor chip at least is very messed up. Almost stop, man. Yeah, it might be fried. Hey, uh, this is a crazy thing, but I was reading earlier this week and. Uh, I found out that Echo's whole nervous system is robotic now. Yeah. Dude, I don't know about you, but I've owned a car before, and that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. I mean, we're also talking about the same technology that's like people's prosthetic hands as well, you know what I mean? That's true, that's true. Yeah. That's a little different. It is interesting. But yeah, Order 66, the most confusing part of Star Wars, but uh, also very influential and it's just cool. We didn't want to pass up episode 66 without touching on it. You also got a little book review in there and some newsy news. Um, if you have read Chaos, not Chaos Rising, but A Greater Good, and you want to give us your thoughts on it, maybe give us a, give us a rating in the comments. Let us know. Um, like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. And remember, may the Force be with you. And also remember...
the only family you have here is me. We'll see you next week.